Hey, Double Shifters, it's Catherine. And Angela. So last week, we announced that this week you're getting some extra special membership content. You know, the show comes out every other Wednesday, but because you are a member of the Double Shift, which is like being a gold star, wonderful person in our lives, (laughs) some of my favorite people that I haven't met, you, you don't have to wait two weeks for episodes. You get a Double Shift dose weekly. That's right. You get... Double the fun, double the occasional tears. Double the everything. Double the Catherine. Double the Angela. We so appreciate your membership, truly. It is crucial to our ability to make this show. Literally could not do it without you. Yes, can't do it without you. So this week, we're going to talk about pandemic milestones. But before we get into that, I have a question for you, Angela. Okay. So what is bringing you comfort right now? Mm. Thank you for this question. It's good to remember that um, that's a thing that's happening, too. Um, I think, and this might sound sort of weird, but um, there's a certain level of submission that I've, um, (laughs) pandemic submission that I've tapped into that has been really helpful. Like, um, Like, I realized that, you know, my daughters were, well, my oldest daughter in particular was, you know, supposed to start kindergarten. I remember saying to her, like, after the summer, like, not seeing your friends in spring, like, you'll be able to start school. And then we just keep moving the goalpost, right? But um, I was thinking about how, like, this is not just a difficult period in her childhood. Like, this is her childhood. Or, like, for me, like, there's been, I've been resisting, admitting, like, we are going to be living like this for the foreseeable future. And, like, how can you know it while it's happening? And, of course, I want it right. all to be over. But there's just something where I just feel like I accept what's happening. And there's there's something freeing in that, if that doesn't sound too depressing. It really does bring me comfort. <laughs> I feel like there's there's some sort of mindfulness or, like, Buddhist elements to this of just being, like, accepting that this yeah. is the reality. And, like, that that actually does bring comfort. I can, like, if we think about refusing to accept this as a reality, like, that brings a lot of pain <laughs> because you can't change it. Yeah, right now, it just feels know? like, yes, this is will be a difficult chapter in my life, but I um, it's my life right now. And I just have to live yeah. it like this is what is happening. Yeah. What about you? What's bringing you comfort? The thing that is bringing me the most comfort is that I signed up to be a clinical trial volunteer for the Novavax vaccine, which is, like, one of the vaccines that's been, like, tried in some other countries but hasn't gotten approved here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So they need, like, tens of thousands of trial participants in order to um, get it approved and, like, get all the data they need. And so when I found out about it, at first I was like, well, this is cool because you get a two— Two-thirds chance of getting the real vaccine, one-third chance of getting the placebo. So I was like— I like those odds. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I like these odds, considering that I'm literally last in line rightfully Mm -hmm. to get the vaccine, Mm -hmm. like, through regular channels. I was like, that's cool. Two-thirds chance. Like, I'm down. I love science. Science is great. Let's do it. I'm a human guinea pig. This is wonderful. Also, side note, I'm happy to do it because they actually have really strict rules about not wanting, like, pregnant or breastfeeding people or people who might become pregnant. So since mm-hmm. I know I'm not having any more children, like, I actually think <laughs> there's, like, not probably not enough. They probably have a harder time recruiting women for it. Right. But I feel like it's bringing me so much comfort because, like, even though I am feel like the work that I do is important or meaningful or whatever, like, it feels like I am, like, one tiny data point in, like, an army of people fighting COVID. Like, it makes me feel like I'm actually contributing to the end of COVID in some way Mm -hmm. to just be like, here I am putting in my data. 
and doing my shot. And, like, even if I got the placebo, like, my data still matters. And, like, yeah. here I am on the front lines. And so that brings me comfort. I mean, I think about I, – I believe in the work we do. I think it's important. But it, it's sort of – sometimes it feels real nebulous when you're like, we're helping change the conversation, right? <laughs> or, like, changing hearts <laughs> and minds, right? Like, that's – we need everyone on all fronts. But I get what you're saying. Right. It's, like, a very tangible thing. I can yes. see how that would make you feel good. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. Um, so – should we let's shift gears because yes. we were going to talk about pandemic milestones. So I wanted to come yes. back to that. And I wondered, and you had mentioned, you know, your twins just turned one, your sweet yes. pandemic babies. And yes. um, I wondered, how are you thinking about this milestone, especially as it ties so closely with, you know, like the one year mark of COVID? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like the twins turning one has been this thing that's like loomed over me for like, kind of a, it felt like a while. Like, it felt like something I was thinking about daily for a month or two, like, mm-hmm. just that they were turning one. And I think, like, the one-year birthday is just, like, kind of a big deal psychologically yeah. for everyone because it's sort of like... We survived. And I used to, like... <laughs> yeah, you survived. And, I mean, I've told so many other parents, the one-year birthday, like, don't worry about throwing the kid a big party. Like, throw yourself a yeah. party because you made it, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, mm-hmm. they don't care about a party. Like, you need to celebrate that you made it through this year. Yeah. And so... It felt like I think even more bittersweet to like be like, oh my God, we made it through this year. I'm gonna start crying. (laughs) You know, like because um, I've been thinking a lot about, I've been reflecting a lot on like the experience, like what their experience has been like Mm -hmm. and how like we can sort of, even with our older kids who are still quite young, like they've had experiences in a world that like wasn't the COVID world. You know what I mean? Like, they've been to a party or, you know, like, they've been inside a building with an escalator. They've been held by strangers, you know? Yes, held by strangers, yes. And so I think, like, I have been focusing a lot on the things that they have never experienced, Mm -hmm. but I think, and that has been really painful. And I think the held by strangers is really, like, if I get, if I spend too long thinking about, like, all the people we love who've never even seen them, like, that is a very, that's a very weighty topic for me. And, like, if I dwell on that too long, it's upsetting. But I think, like, after their birthday, I'm trying to, like, focus on, like, the things that are good. And they don't know what they're missing. So that is, it's really about me. You know, it's, yeah. You know, I don't. As your friend, like the first thing I want to do is be like, "But life is long, you know. It's just one year." Yeah, but totally. I think that that's like, and I believe that that's true. But I think it's really important to just acknowledge, like, it's real. Like, there's a certain right. level of grief that you have to have. There's like those things that sadness is real, and you should like be in your feelings about them. You know, right. like, and then now you can, and then you can, you know, lift yourself up and keep going, right? But I think it's right. um, it's really important to name that. Yeah. No, totally. And I and I feel like you know. So for our, we actually had kind of an exciting milestone for their first birthday. This, um, their birthday was on a Friday, and that Sunday, um, we were in like a a clear window where all the grandparents had been. We have three grandparents. They had all been vaccinated, and they were all like in the like clear window mm-hmm. of 
immunity or whatever. So, like, we all got together and, like, we had a party for the babies where, you know, we had balloons and cupcakes and uh-huh. stuff. And, like, we went to my parents' house, which is only, like, 15 minutes away, but still, like, this is a big adventure. Yeah. And so, and that, like, felt really good and it was exciting to be able to do that. And then afterwards, I felt this huge sense of letdown. And what I realized is because of the world we live in, like, there's nothing – I had been built this, like, exciting moment up and like, the exciting moments, like, let's be honest, they're pretty few and far yeah, between. No, so I had really, like, built this exciting moment up. And then I was like, there's nothing else oh. on the calendar. Yeah. Like, there's – like, it was, it's like – it was like a post-wedding <laughs> hangover or something. Like, something like – it was just a – it was like a tiny family first birthday. But I was like, oh, my God, there's nothing else I on mean, the calendar. I mean, that's a like, good re- – reminder to um you know no matter how small it is like some things will be big be big yes like this some things will be small like to i don't mean to sound so like i don't know what the word is um like oh it's all great but or like self-helpy but i just feel like to give yourself small things to look forward to yes like and that's what i realized you know yeah that i need to have some other and i was like well the double shift is launching in march that's exciting and I am really excited about that, but I also need some things, like, in my personal life yeah. <laughs> that yes. are to look forward to. So, but yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. I feel like that has been the milestone. And I think it's just because it's, like, you know, with other holidays or, like, with my older son, like, there's a sense of, like, this is one year and other years will be different. But I think with the first birthday, that, like, had just yeah. a lot of extra emotional resonance. So enough about me, Angela. Pandemic milestones, like how are you, what are the milestones that have really stuck out to you or have had resonance or like, how are you thinking yeah, about this? Um, I mean, I, the number one thing that comes to mind is when the pandemic started, when lockdown started, which was March and April, Noli, my oldest, had no idea how to ride a bike. We were teaching her how to ride a bike. And I briefly was like, she's never going to figure this out. <laughs> but now she's like a really strong bike rider. She loves it. And I was watching her as she's, you know, like biking ahead of me. And, you know, the other thing is like at the beginning of the pandemic, she couldn't read. And now she's yeah. in kindergarten and now she's fully reading. And everywhere we go, she wants to read signs. She's reading like the salsa jar label. like. And so these are significant developments and milestones. But the deeper thing to me is that you know, being able to ride a bike and being able to read are, like, real moments of childhood independence. Yeah, Like, you don't need your parents. These are things that you can right. do on your own. And I was feeling kind of sad because I feel like, I mean, happy because she has this independence, but at the same time, she she doesn't. Like, normally she'd be, she should be in school all day. And this is coupled with the fact that she, I feel like she never stops talking to me and, like, never leaves me alone. Like, she wants to be close to me all the time, which is, um, mm. it's how she's always been. But it, the natural independence that I think would have been created and and grown with her going to school isn't there. I don't know. It makes me sad. I want, I want her to, like, be off on her own, like, making her own world. Like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's I think that's really interesting about I think one of the things that when it when we're going through this time that is so monotonous for adults where it's like it feels like oh okay well it's Friday again it's you mm-hmm. know just it's so little has changed the only thing that changes sort of sometimes is the weather or whatever to see how dramatically kids change during this time yeah. I feel like that is really what showcases the passage of time. Of course, like, going from newborn to one is, like, the most dramatic of all yeah. kid changes. But I've we've noticed that a lot with our older son, Asher, who's the same age as your daughter, is, like, that, like, kindergarten, like, the bike riding, the reading. Uh, 
I taught Asher to swim last summer. That stuff yeah. that just feels like that's like what it means to be a kid. Yeah, like you know? right now in is this when, like, like really powerful way. Their worlds are supposed to be like expanding, like exponentially, yes. right? They make new friends, like right? right. They're just like they're figuring out how to be like a person in the world. And that's really hard because they can't be a person out in the world, you know, and we try to give her that as much as we can. But I don't know. That's, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, the little one. If She's potty trained now. She wasn't potty trained in the spring. Like, so she's and she's right. insistent on being called a big girl, you know, and right. she's able to listen now in a different way. Like she's trying to listen, you know, like she's changed a lot. You know, she's still a toddler yeah. and she's but I can see the baby literally like falling off of her, like falling off of her cheeks right. and um I think she's a little bit, like, more blissfully unaware. She doesn't seem as affected by the pandemic life, but, like, I can see it, you know? Like, I feel like almost like she doesn't know what she's missing or what she's been through, which I think is good. But, like, I feel at odds with, like, standing still. to say like it's a huge milestone right that you've survived this year in the first year of your twins life but what about you personally you know right. like aside from the children mm. right like is there a personal milestone that you feel you've hit in this pandemic as i think about it as an adult i feel like it's it, it's hard for me to grasp like what what are my personal milestones but one of the things that comes to mind is the realization that my childbearing Time is over. I'm not, no more children. I'm not breastfeeding. Like that chunk of my life has come to mm-hmm. an end. Um, and that is a really interesting yeah. perspective yeah. because I feel like thinking about having children or pregnancy, all those things are like, maybe I'll have another pregnancy or not. like that was like a significant number of years. So it's that's a really interesting personal milestone to sort of think about, like, w- my body is now exclu- mine. It is not about bringing forth or sustaining life in any way. And so, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. How, what are the ways I want to think about my body in this, in this new phase? Huh. Yeah. That's really interesting. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Like, you're like, I get my body back. I mean... There's some element for me when I hear that, I'm like, so we get our bodies back, like, what's left of it? <laughs> right. <laughs> and by body back, I do not mean my pre-pregnancy shape, as that is not... No, no, totally. That is not, not what, what I take that to mean. We don't... <laughs> no, no. We don't trade in that here. In oh, please, no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and also, my previous fitness, wellness routines and, like, interests have had to shift so dramatically, because, like, there's no gyms. Mm-hmm. I had to do a ton of physical therapy after the twins' pregnancy, so I'm, like, just now sort of thinking about, like, you know, exercise other than, like, a brisk walk outside, you know, just trying to figure all that out. And so that's just a really interesting personal, like, milestone. And it's like, again, I guess this is my—this is is me now. This is me. This is the new me. So what about you? What's your—what personal milestones, independent of the kids, Um, are you thinking about? Well, this seems sort of—this— you know, it's it's related to yours, although it seems also sort of like uh, vain. But um, so I um, I've had these gray streaks in my hair for years, um, but I was dyeing the rest of my hair because it was like just a little too much gray than I can handle. Mm. Um, and so I was like, maybe when I'm fifty, 
all just like, go all like go all natural. Yeah, yeah. But then in April, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And dyeing my hair is kind of a pain in the yeah. ass. So I decided to just grow all of my gray out. And it's it's not an insignificant amount. And I think it's that same idea of like, this is who I am right. now. And um, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, I look so old. And then sometimes I look at myself and I think like, I, I like what I look like. Or this is just who right. I am. And I think of it as, you know, in terms of being a parent and being a mom of how like, I remember early on, Noli was like, I don't think you should grow your gray out because I don't want a mom who looks old. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, girl, like, <laughs> that that hurts. But then I also was like, this is like where the rubber meets the right. road. Like, this is me being like, you're enough who, being who you right. are. You don't need to change your appearance, right? Like, and I'm not saying that everyone should stop dyeing their hair. People have different com- yes. comfort levels with that. But I was like, this is my chance to show her, like, that I really believe that who I am is enough. And it's like, it's been a process. And I'm comfortable with it now. But at the same time, like, I wonder what it will be like when I'm like, back in the world. Yeah, it's, it's, are people going to be like, whoa, (laughs) you look different. Right. Like sometimes like, so I have a rule that I only put on makeup for Zooms if I'm being paid for that, like that time. (laughs) Like That's a great rule. So I'll do it if I have like a paid, like speaking thing or something. But otherwise, I just like can't be bothered. And um, yeah, it's so funny because when I do put on makeup, I feel like I look so strange now. It looks very jarring to me mm. to even see see myself in that way. And it is a really interesting reminder that that was something that I would put some, not a lot of makeup, but like maybe a little bit of makeup every day just to live and sort of to reevaluate like, what is it that I look like and how, what am I comfortable with, you know? Mm-hmm. So... So this has been a wonderful conversation, far-reaching as usual, Angela. (laughs) And and I think on that note, we are going to sign off. Thanks so much for listening. And your support as a member of the Double Shift is so important to us. We can't do this without you. We'll be back next week with some amazing stories on the true cost of the pandemic for moms. 